Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Coffee Break Podcast. These are short podcasts for you to listen to at a coffee break. Developed to give you some quick ideas on how to help you build your desk and business. Now, over to Adrian Mansfield, the Million Pound Biller for today's Coffee Break Podcast. Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Podcast. I'm Adrian Mansfield, and in my 20 plus years in recruitment, I've had a number of million pound years. I've worked in most of the major recruitment markets and in all sales roles within a recruitment agency. I've also run my own company and set up companies both in the UK and in several international locations. Recruitment has given me the opportunity to travel the world and see some of the best and worst places on offer, from Australia to Afghanistan and many more in between. The Million Pound Biller podcast offers those at any level in recruitment tips and ideas from me and my contacts, both inside and outside recruitment, but all from the coalface. Information and ideas that can be taken back to your day-to-day careers and put you on the path to a million pound year. The cornerstone of my success over the years has been my willingness to learn and develop my skills, something I still do every day. Now I'm offering you some of my ideas and thoughts that will allow you to squeeze the most out of your recruitment career, no matter what level you're at and where you're aiming for. Every journey, even one to a million pounds, starts with a single step. So let's take that first step together. Welcome to episode 10 of the Coffee Break podcast. I really enjoyed engaging with a number of people after last week's episode on business development techniques. I have to say that I heard some new options from people this week, and I suspect I will be putting a few new ideas into practice over the coming months to see how they work for me. I think the key in any person's development, at whatever level you're at, is that you should always be open to learning new things. You then try them for yourself and assess. Some will work for you and some may not, but never be afraid to try, as there may be something that just hits the mark for you and that you never knew about before. So on to this week's topics. And for topic one, I've been asked a few times how I set up a plan to hit my million pound year. Simple answer is I didn't. I set goals based on other things that motivated me. So that leads us to topic one, goal setting and how to make it relevant daily. I'm a big believer that people should try to set big audacious goals for themselves. This came from the book Built to Last, Successful Habits for Visionary Companies by Jim Collins and Jerry Porras. They looked at successful companies in the United States and brought together some thoughts on why they had become successful. There are some differing views on the points made in the book, not least the fact that in more recent years, some of the companies have lost their luster, shall we say. But I don't think setting hard-to-reach goals is one of those areas. We only have to think of the massive successes such as the moon landing and in more recent times the Elon Musk's goal to put private spacecraft into orbit and return it to Earth, or Boeing's goal to become a dominant aerospace company in the jet age back in the 1950s all of which were big goals when set, but all were delivered on. And I can almost hear you say, that may well be very well for corporations and billionaires and governments, but what about us mere mortals? How can we hope to achieve a big goal? Well, basically in the same way these other groups did. And to be frank, how I've done it a couple of times in my career. The first key is to set that big goal. And now that may be a million pound year, or perhaps it's being financially independent by having assets and cash on hand of a certain amount, Or it may be something related to your own business, having a company with a turnover and profit of a certain amount. Or it may be something completely different that isn't related directly to business, like having freedom to be able to do what you want when you want to. Whatever the goal is, it needs to be personal to you. You will need to take some time to look at the possible options and then assess what would be the most motivating for you. Back to the Built to Last book. They believe these goals fit into four main categories. They're target goals, which are aims to reach something Competitive goals, so for example, to be the biggest biller in your company. A role model, for example, to be seen as a leader in your sector. And finally, an internal transformation goals, such as I'll be working in a new area or even a new job in the next number of years. So you do some research and look at alternatives. 
Some simple Google searches will give you a mountain of possible ideas. But whatever they are, the ultimate goal needs to resonate with you personally. It needs to be the reason you do what you do from that point forward. Then comes the hard part. How do you relate that overall goal to your day-to-day actions? Having a goal like going to the moon is great as a slogan, but there are many, many steps on that route to the ultimate goal, and each of those steps will need to be taken to get the end result. So how do you work out the steps? Well, in my personal situation, firstly, I would break down my ultimate goal into an annual goal. So it was hitting a million pounds, for example, and I was billing 100 to 125,000 pounds now. I would look at what would be achievable in the next year. So I get into 200,000 and then perhaps 400,000 and 600,000, and then perhaps a jump to a million pounds. These steps are then more manageable and more measurable. Once I have a goal for that year on my route to my overall goal, I'll further break it down into monthly targets. Now, these aren't related to the company targets, unless, of course, you're working for yourselves. These are my own personal goals for each month. These are related to the annual target and therefore my overall goal, but on a monthly basis, they'll be more granular. They'll have more items to them. They won't be just a figure for billing. They may include other factors that will grow my billing, such as new clients won or expansion of existing relationships to hit my goals. These month-by-month targets will then help me set up my weekly goals. Each month, I will look at what my goal is en route to my annual target. I will then set myself goals for that week. Remember, there will be gaps for holidays or simply time to work on yourself, such as training, and you need to build these into your goals as well. Once I have my weekly target, I can then set about my day plan and what I need to do each day of the week to help me achieve the overall goals. Whether that is a call to a new client or dealing with a placement of a candidate or setting up a meeting with an existing client to expand what I'm doing with them. By this process, your day-to-day goals will each be a step on the process to your overall goal. When this process is in place, it is crucial that you spend time each week, month and year assessing whether you did what you set out to do on your goals for that period. If you did, great. Work on how that feels and celebrate that you're moving towards your ultimate goal. If you weren't able to deliver, assess what it is that stopped you. There will be external and internal factors that meant you couldn't deliver. External factors are things from outside of your personal control. Things that happen to you as opposed to internal factors that are things from you and within your personal control. The key with these reviews is assessing whether the action, whether internal or external, is something you could do anything about. You have to be honest with yourself here. If you really couldn't do anything about it, then you'll need to cut yourself some slack, reassess the goals and try to build back the difference. If there was something you could have done, then you need to work out why you didn't do it. Is it the goal or target wasn't motivating enough? Was it that you set yourself too much to do on that week or that month? The response to these setbacks needs to be worked back to the overall goal and then you need to reset and go again. If you've done the work right on the big goal and it is truly something that gets you motivated, then the process of getting back on track will be so much easier. Moving on now to topic two, the benefits of a daily routine. As we've been in lockdown three in the UK for the last two to three months, I found that speaking with people and even looking at my own position, often the days run into one another. As one of my friends remarked the other day, the only way to know whether it's a weekend was was sports on the TV in the day. That's not great for anyone, but especially for those trying hard to build businesses and or to run desks and companies, We need to be able to focus on delivering and not let things simply drift along as far too soon you will find you're halfway through the year and you've not done what you expected to do against your goals. We've already spoken in this podcast about goal setting for the day ahead, but what about those days? How should you plan them? Should you work free form and react to activity or should you have more of a plan? I have to say that over the years in recruitment, I've used both methods with success and failure. 
There have been many times when I've been very fixed about what I will do each day and set aside specific periods to do certain things on my list of tasks. And there are other times when either due to the needs of the role I was in or perhaps because of plans, I used more of a free-form day and reacted to the issues that came up as well as having a list of items that I wanted to get done. Therefore, I'm going to outline both of my methods and will allow you to pick one or perhaps mix and match to fit your needs. Let's start with the free-form model. In this model, I don't have any set times for actions in the day, unless I've booked in a specific meeting and those meetings can be set at any time of the day. If I'm calling a candidate, it doesn't have to be in a specific window. The day is set up based on a list of actions. These actions will be things I want or need to achieve in that day. The model I use is on a Sunday night, or when I used to be based full-time in the Middle East, on a Saturday night, I work out the things I need to do that week to achieve my goals for the week. These items will then be form the core of my to-do list for that week. There will also be items on the list that may relate to future plans or goals. I things I've set up actions for the future, such as to call or arrange a meeting with a client for the following week. Then I will assign a number of these actions to each day of the week, take into consideration any knowledge I have about best timings for a client. For example, if they're free on a Friday afternoon or they're best to speak to after work on a Thursday as they're driving home. That gives me a set of actions for each day. And I will then work through those actions on a daily basis. And in many cases, my actions on one day will lead to some follow-up actions on the next day or in future. For example, a client reference to another contact, which would require a further call later in the week or perhaps the week after. These new actions will then add to my list and then we'll put in the list of to-dos as appropriate. As we know, things happen in recruitment and this model means I can often react to those things immediately. So if a client calls in, I would take the call immediately. Same for a candidate. I don't look to block myself off. I simply react to what's happening and then deal with it. And when it's done, I return to my list of tasks and pick up my next action. There are a number of positives and negatives to this model. The positives mean you can quickly react to things that come in and deal with them before your competition. It's especially key if you're in a fast-moving industry sector. And then you can reprioritize your work as you go so that if something becomes more urgent, you can address it, even if it wasn't part of your actions for that day or for that period. The negatives are simply that you have no structure. And this can mean that you can get pulled off your targets and into rabbit holes, and then you never get back onto the tasks for the day. I have to note there were many days when I was running this model when I took all of the day's to-do actions and carried them forward to the following day as something got in the way of me doing them when I first planned to do them. There is also a crucial point in this model. You need to return to the list as soon as you can. If you don't, you can find yourself drifting and not doing the things you should be doing. This is especially the case in today's world with distractions from all sides. So the second model I used was that of a day planner. In this model, as the name suggests, I set up a full day plan from start to end and assign set times for each action. I would typically try to work a similar plan every day, with perhaps some changes on the first day of the week and at the end of the week to set up the plan for the week and also to follow up and review what I've done that week or the end of the week. Otherwise, I would typically block myself time slots for key actions. For example, 8 to 8.30, coffee and review posts from contacts on LinkedIn. 8.30 to 8.45, plan candidate calls for the morning. 9 to 11, call candidates about a certain role I was working. 11 to 12, send out emails to candidates and also send the submitted candidates to the clients. 12 to 12.30, review and deal with any emails that would come in during the morning. 12.30 to 1.30, we lunch and things like personal development. 1.30 to 3.30 will be client calls, business development, account management and the like. And 3.30 to 4.30 will be emails to the clients with follow-ups from our chats and actions. And finally, 4.30 to 5 o'clock will be the review, the actions and the emails of the afternoon. And finally, at 5 o'clock, I'd be looking at putting my plan together for the following day, including setting up potential candidates that I look to call and clients I look to call. That's just an example. And there are many differences 
but the key is that they are defined slots. And in those times, I'm focused solely on the action at that time. And by focused, I mean avoiding all external distractions. If I was in an office, I would often take myself away from my desk with a set of CVs or the client numbers and a notepad and make the calls from another room or a small office so that I don't feel a temptation to answer my own calls or check my emails. The key is that you set aside a period and truly focus on the task at hand. When that section is finished, you can then release the focus and check in on what's going around, i.e. emails and calls, etc. I found that this method works very well when I'm starting a new desk or working on a defined task like building my business or writing tender responses. These times are when I need to really focus in on the task in hand. And frankly, for me, some of these tasks can be a little out of my comfort zone. So I use the focus and discipline of a day plan to bring me in and set me up a success loop for myself. By success loop, I mean that humans like to win. We get a shot of dopamine if we get one of those wins. And I find that if I set myself a task and assign a set period for it and then do the work, I get a big shot of dopamine at the end of the task. I get a success high, if you will. This allows me to go back to the same method in future, as I'm aware that if I do what I set out to do, I will get to that high again. Try it for yourself and see what I mean. That is one of the main positives of this model. The other, which has become increasingly key in lockdown, is it allows you to really focus on the job in hand and block out other disturbances, such as kids homeschooling or emails or WhatsApp with non-important information. The negatives are that you may miss an important call or email from a client or candidate whilst you're locked into the task of doing what you're doing. The key is to keep sessions small enough to deliver, but not too long that any emergency gets out of hand. I found that two hours is about right for this, but your business may be different. The other major negative, at least for me, is that the process is completely out of character with how I like to work. I am much more comfortable in the freeform method, and working to a fixed plan always feels out of kilter for me. That being said, I've had some major successes using the method. And I almost always revert to it when I'm starting up a new venture or a new desk as I feel that I need to really have that laser focus on what I'm doing. Whichever method you ultimately choose and whichever method actually works for you, whether you decide to use a combination of these or even choose one of your own, the key point is that you should try to set some form of plan for your day and then work to it. By doing so, you will make your days easier to manage and you will, I have no doubt, get to your goals much faster. I hope these two ideas have been of interest to you this week. I look forward to speaking to you on social media. Once again, I'm at Million Pound Builder on Facebook and Instagram over the coming week. As I've said, if you want more of our resources, including some of the more specifics on my day planner, please head over to adrian-mansfield.com where you can register to be part of our community and get access to a range of additional stuff. In the coming week, we're putting out our second in a series of interviews. This one is with Dave Lewis, a director from Enabling Change, a UK-wide training company. Dave has some really interesting tips for you on training and coaching and some great insight from his network of trainees and companies he works with on the state of the market and what the future may hold. So stay tuned for that release next week. In the meantime, enjoy the journey and look forward to seeing you again next week for another Coffee Break podcast.